Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell. The king of DC media. He's been on HBO's Silicon Valley. He's been on ABC's Grey's Anatomy. He's been on Netflix's Grace and Frankie. He's been on CBS's Numbers. He's even been on NBC's Marlon. I'm talking about my guest, Alvarez Ricardez. Welcome, dear listeners, to tonight's amazing show. Now, Alvarez uh, is out there doing his thing in Hollywood, and you should check out his phenomenal website at www.ericardez.com. That is A-R-I-C-A-R-D-E-Z. That is that is a fantastic website, let me tell you. Now, the amazing thing about uh, Alvarez is that he is uh actually started acting on the pro level in the year of our Lord 2017 so he is just rocketed to this many many great roles within 2 years it's absolutely astounding and we're going to find out how tonight we're going to get into the inside of acting success because he certainly knows so i see that uh Alvarez is on that switchboard, so I'm going to bring him on the air. Good evening, sir. How you doing, William? Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Now, you talk about a spiritual awakening that transformed uh, your life. How did that factor into your current success? Oh, wow. Boy, you you hit hard right away, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh Spiritual awakening, wow, that's, uh, I'm not sure where you got that. Where'd you get that? <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. So, um, yeah, it, it absolutely figured into into my, uh, um, all the good stuff that's happened so far. I um, I just, you know, I, I wasn't quite living the life I needed, and um, I found my own uh, higher power, I guess you can say, that, helped me sort of overcome a lot of my um, my own personal shortcomings at the time. And in doing so, uh, it changed my life, both physically and spiritually, mentally. I, um, I took care of myself um, um, just eating better and just doing a lot of things daily that kind of helped me when acting did come around. I was, um, I was prepared for it. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get a little bit more into that a little bit later, but the the fans really want to know that um, you seem like you've had so much success in a short period of time, so I'm wondering, uh, are you a believer in formal acting classes? Oh, wow, that's, uh, well, it's interesting. Okay, so since I got into it late in the game, it wasn't really an option for me. It was an option. I could have gone and I went and I tried several different acting classes, um, but none of them quite fit what I was looking for because, you know, whether you're spending the first month doing breathing exercises or you're doing a lot of buildup where I think for some actors it's fantastic, especially if you're young and you're, 
you're going out and you you, you want to really learn the craft and, and take your time to do so, then you know these acting classes are could be a great fit for you. You know, I've just noticed that for every actor, it's different. And for me, um, I didn't respond to those classes. They didn't work for me. So what I eventually did was I found a couple instructors that, <clears throat> um, a couple acting instructors that I did enjoy, but that I could hire privately, whether it was for um, auditions or if I booked a role. I could call them up and then go spend some time with them and, and you know, go over what we needed to go over. So it's not that I don't yeah. believe in acting classes. Acting classes are great for the right people, of course. You know, if, if, that, if that's what you need, go do it. For me, I, it seems so far I, uh, I, I haven't needed it as much. There you go. There you go. Now, what advice would you give to actors who want to work a lot? Well, that's that's they want to work a lot. That's a loaded question. Oh boy, how many hours you got? So, um, well, you know, gosh, man, that want to work a lot. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a couple things that changed for me and after the first six months of when I first started, and it was March 2017. I um, I booked a lot of non-union stuff, but they were smaller things, and I wasn't able to get any of the bigger projects. And a lot of that was due to my um, my my lack of confidence. And I remember when my first big audition came around, it was a um, it was a co-star for Criminal Minds, uh, Lisa Zambetti's office here in Los Angeles. She's an amazing casting director. Um, I was sitting in a parking lot, and I was. I was I was petrified. I was shivering. It was the first big one, and I was scared. And um, I remember I called um, my acting coach at the time. His name's Jeff Seymour. He's an amazing acting coach out here in Los Angeles. And I said, "Hey, man, I'm I'm sort of freaking out in the parking lot here, and I'm not sure how to how to go into this." And he said something that really resonated with me. He said, "Stop indulging in your fear." And mm. I, I can only paraphrase the rest of what he was talking about. But essentially, you know, we're all scared going into this, into this. But, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, that's a natural feeling to have these fears when you're going into these auditions. But we tend to indulge in it. We keep going after it. Okay? And then what I learned, or, or, or later I kind of just developed this motto that, Fear and confidence cannot fit in the same room. They cannot occupy the same room at any given time. Mm. So once I sort of started embracing that and I stopped indulging in my fear, everything changed. And so that would probably be my number one um, <clears throat> tip for any actor who wants to, like you said, work a lot. <laughs> would be the first thing you need to do is to find a way to eliminate the fear. And, and, don't, and, and don't confuse fear with excitement, too. And, and in fact, I think, I think Jeff Seymour posted this on his Twitter like today or yesterday, and it's something I always remind myself anyway, is, is that, um, is that you gotta be, you're excited when you go into these auditions. Okay, and sometimes we think that's fear. We, sometimes we think that's being afraid. And what's actually happening is this is an exciting moment. 
This is an opportunity for you to go inside that room and to work and to show them what you got. And that is so critical to understand that little switch, that little change, that little shift in your mind. And so when I started figuring these things out with confidence, I started kind of applying the nobody wants a nervous plumber idea. You know, when I hire a plumber, he's in there to fix my pipes, right? I don't want a plumber that walks in my door and he's like, well, I don't really know. You know, maybe you can help me with this joint. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. I don't want that guy in my house. (laughs) You're not fixing my pipes. When you walk into that audition room, you're there to fix their pipes. You're there to solve a problem. And and now when I walk into a room, that casting director sits up. They take notice because I'm taking charge. I'm taking over. I'm telling them essentially with my performance, hey, relax, sit back, enjoy the ride. Watch this. Let me show you what I got. Nice. And that is in, 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 in once that all started happening, and now it's so funny because I go, I go to so many network auditions now that I see me one year ago in those rooms, the guy sweating, the guy pacing around the room, the waiting room, the guy sweating, the guy, the guy talking to himself, mumbling his, his sides. That guy is not going to be successful. That guy is not going to, as you said, book a lot of jobs. Okay, and I, I recognize that now, and you've got to recognize that too. You've got to go in and know that this, this, is, this is your game. This is what you do. This is your job. Go be professional. Be courteous. Don't be arrogant. Don't be a dick. I mean, you know, you've got to go in there and be a good person and, and be humble. You know, it's, 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 it's a humble experience, and be kind and gracious. But get in there, do your job, say goodbye, and walk out. Yeah. And, and, and be able to mentally put that behind you and just focus on on what happens next rather than dwell on the past. Yeah, sure. Right, yeah. You don't want to be, you know, you, if if you're playing around in the past at an audition, you're not in the present moment, right? And um, I, I spent many years uh, practicing in the Zen Buddhist tradition, and that is very, that's a very important concept, is that what is happening right now? And I, I apply that in my auditions, every single audition, because whatever's happening at the moment, that's where I've got to be. That's where I've got to be engaged. And if you have the confidence to do that, you're going to have a great time, and you're going to be able to do what you love. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you mentioned the Zen Buddhist tradition. So walk me through your, your daily routine. I mean, do you do uh, meditation? Do you do uh, certain exercises? Walk me through your routine. Boy, I wish I could say I meditated every day like I I did before. I spent many, (laughs) many years doing that. But I I don't as much as I would like to now. Um, But my daily routine routine is very practical. Um, That's just, uh, um, you know, going over sides, you know, uh, constantly. I'm, I'm doing all the practical necessities that we need to do as actors. That's going on making sure that my actors access, my L.A. casting, if you're in L.A., that's uh, casting networks for everybody, your listeners who are around the country, um, actors access, checking your IMDb, checking your website, making sure all your social media bases are covered, making sure that everything's up to date, make sure that you're looking good. You have to remember that you're, you're, you know, you're a valuable asset now. You know, how do you value yourself? If you value yourself at a higher level than what you're at right now, if you're a co-star trying to be a guest star, then that's what you need to represent yourself as online or across the board as an actor. 
So if that's my goal, then I need to make sure everything's looking like this is the guy I need to hire to be a guest star for my next network show. So I am doing that first thing in the morning. And that takes a little while. You have to make sure everything is looking perfect. And um, depending on what your relationship is with your representatives, your manager, your agents, you can check in with them. I don't Obviously, you don't, you don't want to check in with your agent every day. <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's a little crazy. But making yeah. sure that they, are, they have the tools they need to help you succeed. You know, so I'm making sure that that relationship is, is, is savvy, is looking good. Um, and then I'm just focused on whatever auditions are coming up, whatever projects are coming up. I have two projects coming up that I was just booked on. So right now it's waking up, and I feel the most creative early in the morning for me. So I like to run my lines and kind of get that process going, get the juices going nice and early. Um, I don't spend much time on it when I'm, I'm practicing sides. I just do a small I, – I like small amounts of time throughout the day rather than one bulk amount of time because I'll get tired. But um, – I don't know. That's kind of it as far as the acting side goes. The rest is all kind of personal stuff I do, I guess. Right, right. So I got a two-part question. So how many auditions do you go on in a given week? And when you're in the audition room, uh, do you try to be off book as much as possible? Um, okay, what, was your fir- what was the first question again? The first one is how many auditions do you do a week? Oh, well, that's dependent on the seasons. You know, right now yeah. we're on, on hiatus. Well, I'm, I'm thinking now, right now I'm talking strictly pretty much television, right? Uh, film, yeah, you know, it, it really depends. But, but television, um, network television, you know, and when I say network, I'm also talking about, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, of course. But now we have everything from Hulu to Amazon to Netflix, all these different shows. So the seasons are a little bit um, fluid. They're not as straightforward yeah. as they used to be. But but now right. we do have – there's definitely April, May, and uh, a good amount of June is hiatus. So, you know, right now it's I'll take whatever auditions I can get, you know. But once episodic season starts, I, te- I tend to personally do pretty well. I'm usually getting between three, three to, to five auditions a week. Um, and that's during episodic and pilot season. And, and again, it really depends on what's – um, what's happening, you know, because cause then all of a sudden you'll go, you know, three weeks with nothing, you know, and that wow. happens. And, and I'm, I'm definitely, and, and to, to be frank, I'm the exception, you know, and, and there's not many guys who, who have that fortunate luck that I've had to where I can get that, um, um, get that many auditions. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, regardless, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many auditions you get. It's what you do with them, right? Right, yeah, you got to book them. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and you said, and your other question was something about the room. What was it, the room again? No, yeah, but being um, so, do you try to be off book as much as possible in the auditions? Yeah, yes and no. Again, it really depends. If it's real, if I have a really heavy schedule with auditions, I um, I just try to get the gist of the script. 
you know, I always hold my sides. You know, I think it's it's really important for all actors to have those sides in your hand because the last thing you want is to be struggling with a line and you have to start searching around for your sides. So I carry them in even if I if I'm if I'm off book or, or on book. But these the idea that you have to be 100% off book, I don't know where that myth came from. I think it's nonsense. As long as you can get pretty close to the character, that's what's important. Are you there? I mean, I I will if I'm not off book. Um, I will give you the I will give you the concepts and 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 what's going on in this moment in this scene the circumstances. Yeah. I will give you those circumstances right. and my lines might be off by a few words here and there. And that's not a big deal. Yeah. That casting director again is looking for confidence. He's looking, "Hey, can I put this guy in front of the director and is he delivering this character?" Is he delivering this character? Yeah. Most of the time those lines are going to change anyway by the time you get on set. So, you know, just go after it. Just know it, know who this character is, know what's going on in these circumstances, and deliver it. Do your job. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I know that uh, you have uh, like a screenwriting background. So how did you decide to go from screenwriting to acting? Uh, Well, I was a screenwriter um, for a while, and I was even at ICM for a while. and uh, it was it was short lived. I had some small success. You know, I had optioned a couple scripts, and I had done some some jobs uh, cleaning up some screenplays. And um, but it was a real struggle. And then when we hit um, we hit a really downturn in the industry, and things weren't looking good. And uh, so I jumped ship. And so anyway, right? You know, and just fast forward around forty, I decided. Uh, to do something crazy and go back to college after my <laughs> after my 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 one gap year turned into a twenty twenty gap year, um, I decided to go back and finish my undergrad at UCLA, and that was you know that was just a few years ago, and with the plan to go to law school, and uh, just before I had decided to, but just before. Um, um, I decided to go off to law school as I was finishing up UCLA. I, uh, I decided to go try. I've always done creative things growing up. I've always been into poetry or music or writing, filmmaking. I did plays in high school. It's always been in the background of my life. And acting was always something there that I wanted to pursue. And so I thought, well, hey, what's the difference of going to law school at 42 or 43 uh, let's let you know. I talked to my wife and I said, "Let me give a sh- get a shot at this. Let me go give this a shot, and uh, you know, if it doesn't work out after a year, I'll uh, jump back into law school and we'll we'll we'll, we'll go after it." And uh, and she was real encouraging with it, and and we had just sold a house, so I had a little bit of savings to give myself a full year of going after it, and um, I was blessed. It it, it worked. <laughs> yeah. That's that's amazing. So I know that you directed a gunfight at Yuma. So uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So again, I, I've always had some creativity going on in the background, and oh gosh, I don't even know how long ago it was now. Uh, Ten, twelve years. I mean, a long time ago. I had uh, uh, I had written this this western screenplay and. Um, I just basically put together a, a low-budget uh, film where I got together some filmmakers in San Diego and some and some wonderful actors, and we ran out to the desert and spent a month uh, 
shooting a Western. It's actually called the Taylor. But the thing is, is that I had sold it to a distribution company after we wrapped, after we, after we finished years later. And they decided to market it as this action kind of gunslinger thing. And that's mm. not what it was. It was really this kind of small, um, cerebral, independent, black and white um, um, drama. But, you know, that just happened to be a Western. But these guys kind of uh, uh, mm. turned it into something completely different and called it Gunfight at Yuma. And it, there was no gunfight, and it wasn't in Yuma. So I don't know. But, you know, hey, there's wow. something you can do after you sell your project. You sell your project, and it's out of your hands. But... Yeah, that was oh. a lot of fun. It, it 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 taught me a lot. It was a good experience. I've heard that uh, you should never give your film to a distributor. I mean, I've heard bad things. Huh. Well, you know, it depends what distributor and what you know what what the deal is. I'm sure. I'm sure it's circumstantial. It depends who you're going with. But uh, a lot of filmmakers do go the distribution route. It. Um, but hey, you know, who knows? <laughs> yep. What would you say is your directing style? Directing style? Gosh, well, I don't have one anymore. Um, <laughs> back then, though, I'll tell you what, though, uh, uh, connecting to my, my back to my acting is I would like to think that I, when I, when I directed that project, I would like to think that I'm an actor's director. I, I think that was my favorite part of creating that film was, working with the actors one-on-one and just really getting to the heart of what was happening in the scenes and, and kind of just uh, really digging in and getting into the cerebral qualities of, of, of the dialogue and kind of these visceral emotions that they were going through. That all resonated with me. I really, really loved that. And I think that project was also inspirational to push me toward acting later on, for sure. Yeah. Wow. So you worked at a lot of big networks. I mean, like you got the the old three, uh, the traditional three: ABC, CBS, NBC. How did that compare to working with, say, like a HBO or Netflix? Wow, that's a good question. Um, you know, I don't think the network itself was the difference maker. I think the difference maker is the community on the set, the vibe on the set, the people you're working with, um, you know, because a lot of these these crew and producers, they travel around from network to network, from, you know, Netflix to HBO to uh, CBS. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's the love you feel or the stress you feel on the set that makes a difference. So I'm just I, I just I hesitate to say well ABC is like this and and Netflix is like this because it's just it doesn't quite work that way for me. Um, like I found I was just on the set of Marlin, and that was the most exciting energy filled set I had ever been on up to that point. There was just wow. so much love and it was just this big family and. And also, just to see all of these people of color in beautiful positions in high levels was just incredible. I mean, there was just yeah. all these people uh, working together in the industry, getting shit done that didn't have that opportunity just, what, 20 years ago. So, I mean, it was yeah. just fantastic to see that kind of um, 
inspirational uh, energy going on in, in the room. So anyway, that was a great that was a great set. But I've also been on other sets where if you have a director that is either new or stressed out or he's behind schedule, it sets the tone for the entire set, right? So I walk on board and, and, and I might only have a handful of lines, but now I'm stressing out. And the last thing you want is to be stressed out as an actor, no matter how many lines you got, because now you got to deliver and then I'm stumbling the lines and then I'm not getting them right. And then I have to calm down and kind of go back into my, wait a minute, I'm here to, I'm here to serve this story. I'm here to do my job, be professional, Fear and, and what was I say? Fear and confidence can't occupy the same room. You know, kind of get back yeah. into that mode and get my job done. But then it's just get the hell out of there. But you know, I don't, I don't want to stay on set like I did on Marlin. You know, so it, it really depends. <laughs> it was like a, <laughs> so it really depends. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It depends. It depends which set you are. I would say ninety percent of the sets I've been on have just been fantastic. These shows, these shows do well for a reason. Yeah, so looking at your goals, do you see yourself being more of a character actor or do you want to work up to being a star? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't see myself as anything, to be honest. I, I think huh. I think there's a – well, there's – you know, and I talk about this with actor friends of mine who really struggle to find their type or their, their kind of uh, – their niche, and, and I just – I think what benefited me, and this is, again, this is just me, is that I stayed open to anything that came my way. And so I think I've played such a wide range of characters because I've always kept myself open to do that. I never marketed myself as one particular type of character or one particular thing. You know, I was never just the backyard dad or the lawyer or this. Um, or that, you know, I really kind of kept it open. Now, that's not necessarily a smart strategy, because I know actors that have had a lot of success by saying, hey, I know what I fit. I know what categories I fit in, and that's how I'm going to market myself. And they've had success that way. That wasn't my experience. And so, so, so mm. now it's hard for me to say my goal is to be this or to be that. I'm just enjoying the ride, and I'm not at a place yet to where I have that luxury of deciding that I'm going to be this or that. I mean, I'm still, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just now starting to, I'm auditioning for guest stars. I'm still busting my hump here. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm still working every day, um, struggling like every other actor to get the next job. So, I mean, you know, mm. it's, it's really about like what's coming to my door. Can I handle this role? Let's go do it. Yeah, are, are any of those uh, roles you have out there or any of them uh, things you've been recognized for on the street? <laughs> no, no. No, that hasn't happened yet. It's, um, they're, they're, all, they're all small roles, you know, that none of them have been, uh, been, been that big. You know, a few pages here and there per show, sometimes only a few lines. It really kind of depends on what the project is, but... Uh, no, there hasn't been any recognition on the streets. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how I would react to that. I actually, I don't know. I haven't haven't quite thought about that. Someday we'll okay, see. A- I mean, I do I do have some uh, now. I do have some practical goals. Now I have set forth goals with my manager, and I suggest your listeners, any actors out there, set those goals with your managers. We have definitely said, hey, well, um, 
you know, in a year, I, I want, I mean, this coming pilot season, this coming next spring, I want to be going out for pilots. I want to be going out for series regular roles. We want to be going out for reoccurring roles. You know, reoccurring guest stars is a big goal of ours right now this upcoming episodic season. So, you know, setting that forward and just knowing that this is what I'm going to go do and just establishing it right away. There's no equivocation here. When you set your goals, you go and you do them. It's not set your goals and then, and then again, be a nervous plumber about fixing a pipe. You know, go in there and do your job. And so that's what I'm going to do. I know for a fact that by this time next year, I will be getting a series regular. That's just what I'm going to be doing. You see, or I'm going to have myself a couple parts in a couple large feature films. Right. You know, so, so I set these kind of things that I want to achieve, and then I go after them. And, I mean, I, I just, you know, it's just kind of, it's the way to play the game, right? I just feel like if I, don't, if, if I don't go that direction, I just lose my confidence, and it's too easy to slip back into that world, and there's just, uh, it's unnecessary. There you go. So I'm going to take a right turn into some uh, kind of philosophical questions. So um, what's a book or a person that has inspired you? A book or a person who has inspired me? Um, you know, I've been I've been listening to a lot of uh, interviews with actors lately and just watching close watching actors a little bit more closely from the perspective of an actor lately. And I'm falling in love with certain... One actor that comes to mind right away is Jeff Daniels. He's been doing a lot of interviews lately, and the guy is the Cal Ripken Jr. of acting. He's just... (laughs) For your listeners, if you don't remember Cal Ripken Jr., he has... I don't know if he still holds the record for most games um, played... Uh, where he just never missed a game. He was always there. He was right. always present. If he was sick, if he was injured, it didn't matter. The guy showed up and he played baseball. And that's Jeff Daniels. And there's something special about that quality. He was talking about his show Newsroom and how, gosh, I don't want to misquote him, so I'll just kind of paraphrase here, but he was talking about the intensity of Sorkin's scripts and how he had to memorize you know, 40, 80 pages a week, just constantly coming in, rewrites and just, and you get in with Sorkin, you don't screw around with the words, you don't improvise, you get the word down because it's Aaron Sorkin and he knows what he's doing. And Jeff Daniels was like, so every single damn word I had and I was ready on set when it was time to go. And what, and what inspired me was, and if a guest star or a co-star walks on there and they don't know it, get the hell off my set. Now, I'm not saying that's what he said specifically, but that was like how it came across to me. That's what was so inspiring, is that he had no time for people to fuck around. If you had a small part there and you were there to work, then you're there to work, and you better know your, your business. You better know what to do when you get there. And I just I, I love that, that work ethic, that sense of, of dignity and pride for the work and, and, and love for the set and the story and and Jeff Daniels had all of that, and I, um, I really like that. And I know I'm, I'm coming across a little bit tough, I think, here, but I, I, <laughs> I think it's important to, to also yeah. say that, you know, I don't want to confuse arrogance with confidence. Um, I, you know, I, I hope I'm not coming across arrogant by saying these things. I just, I, I truly believe in confidence with the actor, and um, I think it's yeah. the, the most important thing. Wow. Wow. Okay, so we're just about near the end of the interview here. So um, 
you could take your time and think about this one. Uh, what would you say is your personal motto? A personal motto? Yeah. I would say, I don't know if it's a personal motto, but I think yeah. humility and kindness is a lost art in our profession. I mm. think being humble every day and walking onto these sets and being gracious and being kind to everybody, especially the crew that's busting their ass every day for you to make you look good, is so, so important. And I, and I just, I think I... I've recognized that over the past five or six months now that I've been on some of the bigger sets because I see some actors that come on the set and unfortunately they've had long and um, uh, privileged careers and some of them kind of take it for granted. And you see, you see some kind of, um, you don't see the humility and kindness that, that I think a lot of us um, should have when we're on the set. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> is that is that's what I try to bring with me, whether it's the audition room or, or 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 on set, is a little bit of humility and a ton of kindness. Well said. Well said. Well, Alvarez, thank you. It's been marvelous. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay. Have a good night. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right, folks, remember to do something for your career every single day. And uh, work a leg. Good night.